You are listening to the Work in Esports podcast, a podcast where we chat with people who work in various roles around the esports industry and find out about their experiences. From casters to content creators to company founders, we are here to tell their stories. We explore their inspirations, how they got started, gained experience, and so much more. The goal of this podcast is to help provide context and maybe even offer you some practical advice for how you can get started yourself. So if you or someone you know is interested in working in the esports industry, you're in the right place. Hey everybody, I'm Spencer Bing, and today we get to chat with Nishant Patel, the founder of AFK Gaming uh, and its head of content. If you're not familiar with AFK Gaming, they are one of my go-to business and esports news and media sites. Uh, They really specialize in uh, esports in India and around Asia, as well as uh, they reliably deliver some of the the best analysis, I think, for what's happening in mobile esports right at the moment. Um, Nishant, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Spencer. And, you know, really kind words right out of the gate from you. I'm, I'm quite flattered. Uh, absolutely. I, I seriously, uh, I ha- I do some business and esports work myself and um, I need to stay really in tune with what's going on. And there's not a lot of um, consistent uh, sources for um, what's going on in the Asian region, region specifically uh, in delivering the media in English. So I think what you're doing with AFK is pretty important. Yeah, I think, you know, that that's really at the core of what we set out to do, right? So you know, our, our vision has always been, uh, you know, the broadest version of our vision is uh, to deliver quality sports content to the world. Um, but, you know, we started off with, uh, you know, biting off a piece that we could actually chew, which is Asian esports, since it's uh, the closest to us and it's something that we're very familiar with. And, you know, very quickly while doing this, we realized that there is, you know, despite some of the world's largest tournaments, teams and brands uh, hailing from the Asian, tra- Asian side of the world, um, there's a severe lack of uh, content and coverage in the English language uh, for the global esports audience. And that's really the kind of, uh, well, the gap that we're trying to plug with AFK Gaming. Nice, very nice. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna take it back and ask you a little bit about about yourself and how you uh, kind of got involved in uh, in founding AFK. Um, I'm gonna start with, uh, was there like a particular moment that kind of uh, stands out for you where you realized you wanted to work in esports or build an esports project? Um, it's, you know, I'd love to say, yes, there was like an aha moment, but it was more of a gradual transition. So, um, my, I've actually been playing, you know, I wouldn't call it competitive gaming, but I've, I've been, I've been trying to compete in Dota for the longest time, or at least I used to, this was around 2005, you know, before Dota 2 was even a thing. Um, we, esports wasn't a thing either, to be honest, and, and less so in India. So we'd go about, you know, local gaming cafes over here because the land culture is really, was really hot back then. And we'd play these tournaments for, you know, small amounts of prize money. We'd win it and come back with bragging rights and so on and so forth. Um, you know, cut to about 2010, uh, you, you know, li- life got up with most of us that were doing this. And, uh, you know, we had to get into jobs and we had to get into tra- traditional, uh, you know, the work life. So my personal journey took me into a finance company. So I, I joined a stockbroking firm for about a year, did some work over there. Um, you know, went abroad, studied studied uh, a month of summer school at at uh, the London School of Economics. Came back, joined another finance firm, and then at some point, you know, uh, you know, all along this time, I was still gaming. I was still playing Dota, watching Dota, and you know, coincidentally, Dota Two had released around then. Um, I thought to myself, you know, why? The, the, even though we were the best team or one of the best teams in the country, there was really no, you know, single destination where people were talking about us. And when we tried going out to get sponsors for our team. There was no real portfolio that we could showcase to brands and such. 
Um, so, you know, with that intent, you know, I kind of set up AFK Gaming with a friend's help. Uh, it was just a forum back then. Uh, the idea was to create and shine the spotlight on the next generation of deserving Indian Dota players. Um, you know, very noble ideas, of course, but uh, when we launched the forum, a total of like five people used it back then. Um, you know, th this is all around 2012. And along the way, I met a lot of people. The forum st slowly started getting uh, activity. I started, you know, going on live streams and commentating Dota matches in the local circuit. That then turned into a sort of uh, freelance gig for me. And at the point when freelancing as an Indian Dota commentator uh, paid me more than my day job did, I sort of took the call to switch over. Very fair. Uh, that's a very interesting transition. What is like a challenge that you faced uh, early on kind of transitioning into building AFK gaming? So um, a lot of things, right? First of all, in 2012, which is when we really started this, um, I was naive, right? Let me just put it that way. I was extremely naive. I knew a little bit about business, but I was a junior level analyst in a finance firm now trying to start his own business, right? The world kicks you in the face very quickly when you try and do something like that. And, and it sort of said, you know, stop trying to build a business, become a freelance commentator. Um, what I'd say that what really helped me out is the fact that I came from a sort of business and finance uh, background. Um, I always had a keen eye on the numbers and I, I was always looking at, you know, hey, are we profitable this month? Are we moving towards profitability this month? And, you know, uh, am I spending too much on things like server costs? Am I spending too much on, you know, my PC equipment setup? Um, a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of attention to detail to the business side of things, which is what most freelancers probably wouldn't do when they kick off their journey. Uh, I'd say that's that, that's one thing that, 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 you know, one challenge that I was really uh, able to overcome because of my background in finance. But I think more than the actual, uh, you know, I, I'd say more than my actual background, I was very fortunate to meet uh, good co-founders along the way. So when they came on board, they brought with them very complementary skill sets. So, you know, without going without going too far into these details, let me just tell you that I found my co-founders in a very weird way. The first one tuned into one of my live streams and said, hey, I know you from back in the day. We connected and then he said, I can't give you my time because I have a day job, but let me be your seed investor. So he came on board as my first investor. And then uh, my second co-founder was moonlighting at a tournament as a team manager while working a day job at uh, a multinational company. And that's where we clicked. And then he, he brought with him a skill set of you know, marketing and communications. In 2017, the three of us sat down and said, can we turn this into a full-time business rather than just a hobby? And that's really when we, 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 you know, we went out, raised our first round of external funding and turned this into a business. Interesting. And um, what... What has changed for you? Like, what, what was your day-to-day -day like in those early days? And then kind of what does it look like today? So um, back then, we, well, my day-to-day -day looked like, you know, I'd, I'd get up, start commentating. We had a good long-term deal with the ESL India Premiership. So I'd get up and start commentating those matches. Um, do, the, do that for about four or five hours a day. Um, once I was done with that, get down to, getting on our forums, you know, engaging in discussions, creating discussions. Um, we also had, you know, the articles ready on our site. So our site sort of converted into news, a news website. So I'd write, sit and write news articles. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I'd try and wrap up by uh, creating a video for our YouTube channel and then putting it all together. So it was just a heavy day of content creation on weekdays. And on weekends, you know, I'd spend time with my co-founders thinking about, you know, how can we make progress as a business uh, and on the revenue side of things.
So that was really, uh, uh, I'd say it was like minimum 10 to 12 hour workdays back then. Um, today, you know, it's, it's still a good 10 to 12 hours of working, but it's, it's a very different kind of work. My work now involves a lot more um, empowering people rather than actually doing the work myself. So um, we, we've, we've been fortunate enough to have some good uh, people to come in and take up, um, you know, mid to senior level management roles in the company. So my job is more about, you know, making sure that I can deliver to them all the resources that they need to do the best job that they possibly can. So that that's where most of my time goes today. Hmm. And, and kind of transitioning into that, um, like into that supervisory role, um, like w- w- have you faced any ch- particular challenges with that or has it been pretty smooth? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely been a lot of learning that I've had to do over the years. Um, it, I wouldn't say that, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's any more of a challenge than anyone progressing through their career path, but the one I'd say one of the unique challenges that we have here in, in, in Indian esports specifically is finding um, people with the right skill sets. So we're growing really fast. We're, we're at about you know 20 to 22 people today in the company, uh, and we're adding a couple more over the next few months. But the, you know it, it's easy to find people with extreme, um, I would say, competency in technical skills like content creation or web development and so on and so forth but not have the domain expertise in esports. So they don't really understand our end user or even our clients for that matter. Um, and on the other side, you'll have a lot of people that just play video games and you know watch video games or esports, but they don't really have any technical skills. So it's, it's really hard finding people that sit at the intersection of these two skill sets. And that's, that's you know, I think one of my uh, side hustles is to try and you know, get the message out to people that are playing games about trying to build technical skill sets so that three to four years later, I may be able to actually hire them. That that's that's incredibly fair. I really think that's a noble uh, that's a noble uh, thing to try to achieve. Is there are there particular skill sets that you would find useful at AFK? Um, yeah, definitely. So you know, first of all, video editors, right? There's there's so many video editors out there that that understand how to do you know IRL footage or they understand how to do you know animations and stuff, but very few that are actually able to you know, create things like frag movies specific to a game or even adapt from game to game and create frag movies. So for instance, I, I really think the video editors that we have here at AFK are absolute rock stars. Um, and it's why we have, uh, you know, deals in place with large companies, uh, large tournament organizers and brands to actually supply them with highlight reels for their tournaments. Now, as this scales, as tournaments in the region grow, as, as our team is required to grow to service their needs, we're having a really hard time finding video editors uh, you know, that, that are capable of doing in-game highlights successfully. That's one of the, one of the real pain points that we feel uh, you know, immediately, actually. Um, and you know, most, of the, most of the gaps that we see right now are with respect to content creators. Um, because honestly, if, if you're a content creator in esports, you need to have the ability to, to A, create and deliver content, and B, understand um, the esports domain, right? Uh, this is the, this is never more prevalent in a in a camera facing job, or rather, it's more prevalent in a camera facing job where content creators are required, or even a, a content writer, for instance, who's communicating with the audience directly, versus you know a web developer or a systems architect who's going to be working behind the scenes and never really interacting with the user themselves. So I think you know the long and short of it is we're looking for content creators that have an understanding of esports and content creation. Hmm. It's a nice mix to have, I'd say. It's the sweet spot. Yeah, but the hardest one. Uh, what skills are most important to your role? My current role, I'd say uh, people management is is super important. And just 
really predicting the future, I'd say, as much of a vague skill that is. Um, it's really my job to try and identify problems that we're going to run into in three months, in six months, in, in, in nine months, right? And, and it's my job to try and steer this company um, around those roadblocks or over those roadblocks. Um, and, you know, I, while esports is hard, esports media is extremely hard. Um, you know, without without trying to uh, <laughs> uh, get too much pity for myself here, I feel like esports media is something that needs a drastic evolution in the way the business models operate. And I don't think the traditional media models of, you know, let's get as many eyeballs and monetize it through advertising will really build large companies in the space. Hmm. That's, that's absolutely true. Like the, the need to have really authentic um, marketing in it in esports is, is very clear. It's very clear by the data, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. You know, well, well, authenticity. So, okay, let's put it this way. If, if you were reading a generic gaming website or even a generic entertainment website, right? Mistakes, errors, you know, poor reporting, those kind of things would sort of get, uh, you know, brushed under the rug very easily. Um, but in esports, because the audience is smart, right? Everyone's, everyone's, you know, fairly intelligent. And I'd say everyone is really tech savvy and, and, and has, you know, strong opinions about things on the internet. And that's a good thing. Um, when we make mistakes, we get called out for it and how. Now, the real problem is, you know, because of the way the, the, the media model works, um, most websites, most web, most publishers are optimizing for speed of content or rather speed of uploading content versus the quality of content. Um, and, you know, when you, when you prioritize for speed, you often sacrifice quality. And quality, a lack of quality is severely punished in esports. So it's really a... It's a problem that needs to be solved specifically with respect to the esports space. Hmm. Definitely. Um, what is your favorite part of the work you do? Uh, it's the small wins, right? I think, um, I don't know if this is so much of an esports thing as an entrepreneurship thing, but you know, it, the highs are really high and the lows are really low. So every little win that you get, when you see a spike in your web traffic charts, when you see a new deal being closed, when you see, you know, new advertiser wanting to partner with us, when we see new sales on our premium content bundles, you know, those, those little wins is something that uh, I, I'd say it gives me the most happiness that, you know, we're on the right track and we're making the right kind of progress. What is something you've learned in the last year? I'd say that, again, this is very specific to India as a country, but there's a, there's a big misconception uh, in business circles about, what is esports? What is gaming? And you know, what's just plain gambling? Those lines have become really blurry in the country. Um, you have uh, gaming companies calling themselves as esports companies. You have you know, platform companies calling themselves as tournament organizers. It's quite messy right now. So I think uh, one thing I've learned is that as someone that's that's been a part of the core esports industry in the country for years, it it really does you know a large portion of the responsibility does fall upon me and my peers to go out there and educate these people about uh, what's esports and what's not esports. Like that seems like it comes with some, some pretty big challenges um, besides just, you know, like getting the information out. What, like, how exactly do you find yourself able to, to do that to kind of like create this change or create this, uh, not even change, but just inform? So, yeah, a lot of it does happen through our content itself, but you know, AFK has a limited audience and, and while our audience is not necessarily all the people with these misconceptions, we try and do this with, uh, we, have, we have some partnerships in place with uh, both Esports Observer and Esports Insider as well. So 
from time to time we do have you know stories featuring esports folks that go out there and talk about these topics as well but over and above this um, you know it's mostly just one to one conversations with people that want to reach out and clear up these misconceptions um you know i've never really been against uh, spending 5 or 10 minutes every day with with a new person on a call just to understand you know if if there's anything i can help them with and you know help them dip their toes into the real esports industry um i i i don't have a very clear answer for you on this but you know it's mostly just one to one conversations with people that uh, have a misconception either you know me proactively reaching out to them and trying to resolve their misconceptions when i see them making a post about gaming or esports that doesn't fit the theme or vice versa when they reach out to me Okay, uh we're going to jump around a little bit in a second here, but I want to ask um who do you interact with most in your work and like what are their roles and kind of like how is that uh dynamic work out? How does it work out? You you mentioned that you do have some co-founders that are really awesome uh, and you meet meet or have met with them kind of regularly, but I'm also curious about maybe the people you employ at the same time. Sure. So, yeah, I think, you know, um uh, my co-founders and I we talk you know every other day and then we have a, a a longer sync up every single week um but most of my daily interactions happen with uh, our editor he's a supervising editor his name is vignesh um he's essentially the guy that's uh, taken off most of my day to day uh, work um over the last year or so and uh, he's leading our team of content writers and everything that you see on afkgaming.com is is mostly um uh, you know credited to him and his team um he's one the other team that i interact with directly are the video team so um we do a lot of uh, content on our facebook pages video content on our facebook pages um i uh, while i don't you know personally uh, provide too many inputs on what content should be put up and how it's edited and such um i do interact with our script writer and our video editors and even our on camera talent uh, at least once a week so that's that's essentially uh the second team that i talk to very regularly and the one that i'm talking to the most is uh, our marketing guy so he's he's the guy that's running basically all aspects of marketing for afk gaming and marketing and growth is something that um i've personally been looking into uh very very proactively since the last 6 months or ever since we raised our last round of funding so that i'd say that you know i'm spending at least a couple of hours a day talking to him that's that's pretty much you know the three or four people that i talk to the most in the company but of course once a month we do have an all hands meeting where you know i'm addressing the whole company all 2025 of us on a call and you know it's a very open conversation that everyone has any questions about what we're doing right and wrong you know they come up in these conversations hmm um a little bit off topic but where do you find um the afk gaming audience lives like uh, when you when you consider which platforms you use um which are most important like linkedin facebook you mentioned that you're putting videos out on facebook twitter like how would you rate them so um i i'd say that afk gaming has a fairly diverse audience today right so we've got folks from the usa folks from the philippines folks from india uh, all consuming our content for different game titles but you know if i were to summarize it in 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 two or three buckets um i'd say that Southeast Asian mobile esports fans live primarily on Facebook and YouTube. Um Indian mobile and and PC esports fans live largely on Instagram and YouTube and then um you know I'd say North American and European uh, audiences for us live largely on Twitch and well we don't do much on Twitch we we understand that they live largely on Twitch and on uh, Twitter. So really you know that that's how we splice it and whenever we need to do any sort of you know organic or paid marketing to these audiences we approach it from these first principles and then go from there. Absolutely. 
Um, thanks. That, that was a little bit off topic, but I, I was in, interested in hearing your, your thoughts on that specifically for um, the Indian and Asian market. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the, sorry, if I'm just, just going to add on to that a little bit, we've, we've got, uh, you know, a lot of folks that a lot of the media sentiment seems to be that, you know, Hey, Facebook is dying and Facebook is not doing so well, but the reality is in, in the, in the most of Asia, actually, Facebook is huge and it's continuing to grow quite fast. And, and more specifically, you know, with respect to mobile gaming and mobile gaming content, Facebook is doing an absolutely fantastic job on this side of the world. I interned in the Philippines in Manila for a while and uh, really tapped into like the gaming community when I was there. Uh, pretty much all my coworkers uh, were like hardcore Dota fans and I got them to play a little bit of League of Legends and stuff, but I've stayed in touch with them and I've stayed uh, in the know as much as possible with what's going on there. And 100%, I went back and visited and I found that, yeah, Facebook is still incredibly alive and specifically something that's quite interesting is like, um, the different deals with, uh, with the mobile carriers or whatever to, to provide data based on like the one with Singtel recently, I thought that was quite interesting. And, and, um, specifically with Facebook, like there are plenty of phone carriers I found that were offering like, you know, unlimited data or unlimited, um, Facebook usage with their, their data, data plans. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of, uh, you know, youth in Southeast Asia, Facebook is sort of the entry point of the internet for them, right? So the moment you enter the internet or you start browsing the internet through Facebook because, you know, of, of their deals with these carriers, um, you're most likely to continue consuming content on Facebook itself. And, and it's why we see a lot of uh, watch hours for games like Mobile Legends and, um, you know, possibly even League of Legends Wild Rift when it, when it formally releases everywhere uh, happening on Facebook itself. Okay, um, kind of jumping back a little bit to uh, to working in esports, um, can you tell me a little bit about like a personal sacrifice maybe you've made to 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 work in esports? Sure. Um, I think you know it's an open secret that uh, most esports companies, well, uh, I'd say they don't pay as well as as their regular counterparts, right? Um, I think that's that's probably more true for. Uh, founders of esports companies because it's you know and especially before you get your first round of funding because i'd say that for the first six to seven years of my esports life i, I don't think i got paid a, a regular steady income at all i, I was living uh, essentially freelance check to freelance check um my I, i've had a well i had a girlfriend for the last uh, 10 years or so and uh, you know we, we were always intent on getting married and stuff but I couldn't really pop the question until, you know, we both knew that I had a stable career uh, lined up for me. And for me, that essentially meant, uh, you know, successfully going out there to investors who knew very little about gaming and esports and convincing them that this is worth investing in because we will grow. Um, the day we closed our first investment deal is the day I proposed to my girlfriend and we got married. But it took, you know, a good four or five years longer than I'd have liked to. So that's probably my 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 uh, one of the sacrifices that I had to make. I'd say that uh, in the end, that one was well worth it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've never been happier. She's very happy with 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 the kind of life we're living, and you know, I'd say that yeah, it's worked out so far. Excellent. Glad to hear that. I was doing some research and found out that um, a good percentage of my listeners are actually in uh, in India. And so I was curious, like specifically for 
um, people who want to work in esports in India. Uh, do you have any um, tips for someone who wants to like get their foot in the door somewhere? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that most job applicants do here, and it's a little bizarre, is they reach out and say, you know, hey, give me a job. I don't care what job it is, just give me any job in your company. That's never going to work, right? I think the first thing that, that people need to start doing is identify what they want to do within esports and then apply to a specific job. Um, most of the folks that we end up hiring have been outbound, as in we had to go personally to them and catch them and hire them. So if you know you're really good at something and you've made yourself known that you're good or you made it known that you're good at something, we will come and find you. Um, but honestly, I think you know more than actually developing domain expertise because there's there's a fair bit of that right now in in the Indian space specifically. Maybe try and marry that domain expertise in gaming and esports with actual hard skills, uh, be it you know video editing, be it content writing, be it even programming. These are the kind of things that we would value, uh, or, or, or I'd say that you know the kind of things that people should be working towards while still keeping their eye on the esports and gaming side of things. Hmm. Um, are there any like specific like tools or tips or programs or methods you used or have used uh, that have been helpful over like since you founded AFK Gaming? Um, with uh, I I didn't quite get you with respect to hiring or no I just mean like uh, was there anything uh, when you consider uh, like project management or getting the getting the company uh, going getting it off the ground was there anything um, like any tips for efficiency or anything that has helped you along that line oh sure um, so one of the things that we use quite extensively with our content teams is it, it's a really simple uh, tool it's Trello. So we use Trello quite a bit to streamline our content operations. Um, we use Discord for communication. We use WhatsApp quite extensively here for communication as well. Um, beyond that, uh, we you know we we, we are using uh, very team specific tools. So, um, for instance, uh, your, our, our video editors will will all of course be on the Adobe suite of of uh, tools when they're creating their content and then. Our content writers will will run their content through various modules for SEO optimization and whatnot. But I'd say the broader management tools or the broader efficiency tools that we've been using are Google Calendar, Discord, and Trello. Mm, and how um, would you say that potential uh, employees or potentially uh, people who want to work in esports or maybe want to work for AFK Gaming, uh, it would be beneficial for them to learn these skills beforehand? Or is that something that uh, you've kind of when you onboard somebody who fits the role, you kind of make sure that they're up to speed on this stuff. Yeah, we don't, I mean, like I said, it's not very complicated stuff. Uh, Trello Discord and Google Calendar, uh, you know, most people actually do use these in, in, in their regular lives, but if they aren't, you know, it's not a problem. It usually takes them just a couple of days to get into the groove of things. Yeah, it's totally fair. I th I'm thinking of like, like students who maybe they, Surely they, they know what Discord is in the Google Calendar, but um, as far as like Trello, maybe they're not familiar with it. You know, for content planning though, it's it seems to be one of the, the go-tos for sure. It's, I mean, yeah, we don't really have, uh, I mean, yeah, so, so we have project managers in our client services team and they do require, uh, you know, intermediate to advanced Excel knowledge. But again, you know, I don't think uh, these are extremely uh, unique tools or skills that one needs to, uh, you know, possess for esports specifically so it's usually it's not been a challenge so far how do you calculate success um we try and be as objective as possible right so we've set um two or three north star metrics for each of our teams 
as a content company you know the the, the i mean you know let's just put it this way as a, as a seed funded content company our core metric is uh, impressions and revenue so everything that everyone in the company does is in pursuit of these two numbers and then those numbers are then broken down into more granular numbers so for instance um, the, the the trailing indicators of success for video views would then be you know what's the click through rate on these thumbnails like what's the average view duration per video like so two metrics everything else broken down from those two metrics it's all objectively tracked as objectively as possible um that's how we're tracking success today but um i'd say the one that really elates us the most or makes us feel like we've had success is when someone leaves a really nice comment on our content i think it's just human nature to feel happy when someone appreciates the work you do and put out in public absolutely how important is uh, work-life balance for you? Uh, has that ever been uh, difficult, and how do you manage? Yeah, that's a it's a tough one, especially now when you know we've all moved out of offices and back into the houses. Um, it's uh, so my I, okay for for me personally, I live in a joint. I stay in a joint family, um, which has like ten people in it. This is uh, it's it's quite common in Indian culture, actually. Um, so. Balancing work with life hasn't really been that difficult. It's just that, uh, you know, sometimes there can be too much life and too little work happening. So I need to really find ways to tune out of life and dive deep into work. But, uh, you know, a couple of months in, I've managed to solve that problem. Uh, the solution to that was just noise canceling headphones, honestly. Absolutely. I, that's something I actually am in the market for upgrading to. So uh, I've got some unruly neighbors and then summer's rolling around. So I'll definitely be looking to get some. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Uh, do you have any tips for networking within esports? Like, how have you been able to um, connect with people and kind of create some of the partnerships that you were talking about earlier? Um, you know, I found that a lot of people on the uh, team and talent side of it, uh, while they are difficult to approach, usually uh, a warm introduction with you know a, a short, succinct message gets the job done. Um, but Cold outreach is not entirely uh, ignored either, right? I think this podcast is proof of the fact that everyone likes talking to each other as long as you know it's it, it, you're offering a good conversation. So cold outreach does work, um, especially now when there's when there's very little uh, you know actual physical meetings happening and physical events happening that people are committing their time to. Um, just shooting out a cold message to someone you want to get a conversation with, with some high-level uh, talking points about what you want to discuss, usually gets the job done. Most people don't have, you know, large egos, at least not the people that I've interacted with. They don't have too many large egos and they're very approachable. Hmm. Is there someone in esports that you particularly look up to? Oh, uh, yes, actually. Um, I'd say that, so one of our board members and uh, he's actually our investor as well. His name is Akshat Rati. He runs Nordwin Gaming, which is one of uh, India's largest uh, esports, actually India's largest esports company. Um, he's... Uh, the guy's a he's a force of nature, man. There's there's no other way to put it. Uh, I won't say he's perfect, but he's definitely got uh, that that entrepreneurial drive that that I envy and I look up to. Uh, I think that's something that uh, you know I, I really do admire. And his passion for esports is undeniable. Um, that's one. Uh, beyond that, you know, I'm, I've always been a a big Dota fan, right? So, as as someone that's been watching Dota for years, I. I really do look up to uh, a, a team leader like Puppy. I think he's done a fantastic job of grooming and nurturing um, younger players and, and continuing to be at the top of the game uh, despite having been in it for 
probably longer than most of the other folks that are still left playing it. So yeah, I think that's that's that those are two people that I probably look up to in esports. Can you tell me anything about something that you're particularly um, interested in, whether it's uh, a project that AFK Gaming is working on a uh, partnership, or whether it's um, something that you have in the works? Like, is is there something that's coming up that you're kind of excited about, or maybe even it's a it's maybe it's not even something that AFK uh, is working on, but maybe it's an industry um, angle that is particularly fascinating to you. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you asked this question. There's there's a couple of things that I'm really, really excited about right now. Um, so the first one is actually one of our initiatives. So um, we actually launched, uh, just last week, actually, we launched a, a bundle of premium content. So the intent of, or the objective of this whole experiment is to figure out, you know, are esports readers willing to pay for content? And if yes, what are they willing to pay for? And how much are they willing to pay for it? So we're trying to find those answers to really, um, you know, evolve AFK to the next level and then start, you know, solving that problem I talked about earlier about how, you know, we got to stop optimizing for, for speed and start optimizing for quality of content. That's one. The other thing that I'm quite interested to see, or at least I'm interested to see if it, if it plays out is um, franchise leagues. In Asia, we haven't seen uh, too many franchise leagues. There are a couple... Uh, for mobile legends but i think uh, there's the potential for a lot larger franchise leagues and especially one right here in india um there's significant capital available and there's 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 well god knows we have the eyeballs in this country it's just a matter of a competent a really competent business leader to, or an esports business leader to go out there get these forces together and uh, put them together behind us in, into a structure of a, of a franchise league preferably in a mobile esports title. I think 2021 uh, is going to be the year of franchise leagues in the country, and I'm curious to see who wins that race. Interesting. Very interesting insight. I, I look forward to that as well, kind of seeing who wins that race and kind of how that, even just the, the storyline of that progresses. Uh, I'll be interested to see who is involved and how that evolves. You identified some very clear um, technical jobs, some positions that you know you're in need of. Um, but how how do you do you have any tips for how people might f uh, figure out what it is that they're that's they can do or they can you know how do they find sure. themselves? Sure. So um, I think so. One thing that's it's I'm not sure if this is prevalent across the industry, but um, most esports managers and leaders are usually promoted from within. Uh, maybe this is because most of us have trust issues and we value domain expertise quite highly. So uh, we tend to we tend to promote internally, but the top of the funnel is is quite broad, right? So we let, uh, you know, it starts with things like internships and, and volunteer positions. Uh, eventually it, it transitions into either a, an entry-level job or a freelance position, which then turns into an entry-level job. And then you work your way up the ranks, either in the same company or you move horizontally into a similar company and go from there. But I think, uh, you know, if, if someone's a student or, or, an, or an early professional in their career, the best way to start testing the waters in esports is to start, you know, just volunteering and, and doing intern work as much as possible. Um, try and do it as, as a side hustle, either in, a, in addition to education or in addition to a day job. And then, you know, see if, if at some point you can get uh, that job to pay you more than your uh, traditional career path or equal to your career path and then try and build from there. Um, I, I, that's really the most, you know, 
prudent advice I could give give someone. It's not you know it, it's risky. It's a risky industry. It's still a growing industry, and no one knows whether it's going to land safely or if it's going to uh, you know crumble to ashes. But you know while while there is an industry in place and while the industry is growing, it does need talented people to start coming in and contributing immediately. But of course, it can't come at the cost of uh, your personal career and your personal lives. Um, just you know to summarize my thoughts, I feel like. Internships, volunteer positions, those are probably the best way to start things off and then go from there. The one thing that you want to look for in an internship is, like you rightly said, yeah, don't, don't join a company that's obviously looking for a data entry monkey or just someone to, you know, uh, get, get, get some, some grunt work done. Of course, grunt work is necessary to do, but it should come along with an opportunity to learn and broaden your horizons, right? So even if you've been uh, brought in to do, you know, to, to just fill up data tables or fill up, um, I don't know, uh, data for a content writer, just make sure that uh, you've got access to that content writer. You've got access to your manager to ask the stupid questions in a safe environment and get those answers while you're still an intern. I think that's that, that's key. You know, you want, you want to be in an environment that allows you to ask stupid questions without judgment. Um, and, you know, you want to be around people that are willing to answer those questions with uh, honesty and integrity. I think that is a lovely way to sort of begin to round this up. Yeah, would you like to say anything to somebody who is looking for a job in esports or looking to build a career? Um, yeah, I think you know, try not to look at the job. Don't look at don't look at an internship or your first job in esports with, hey, how much money am I going to make, right? So you know, find your footing somewhere else. Find find a way to keep yourself afloat. Keep yourself happy with, you know, at least from a financial perspective. And then think of this as your hustle over and above. Uh, if you really love esports, if you really do love gaming and want to get into the industry, you know, it is going to take a certain level of sacrifice. Um, so, you know, if you're willing to make a sacrifice of your time in your early years, uh, that's the only way it's going to pay off in the long run. And God knows if you do get into esports, uh, you know, especially if you join a growing company like ours or any of the other hundreds of thousands that are out there, you're going to need to sacrifice a lot of your time in the future. So. You know, just make sure you're aware of all the risks. Make sure you're aware of all uh, all the demands it's going to place upon you. And only if you love the industry and if you love the space more than, uh, you know, the sacrifices that you're willing to make, um, jump in. Lovely. Um, one more thing. Where do you see AFK Gaming and where do you see uh, Indian Esports in five years? So um, our vision and our goal continues to remain to be the world's go-to destination for quality esports content. Um, now that has two angles to it, right? So um, we have, I, I don't know if I touched upon this, but we've got two sides of our company. The first is the B2C side, which is everything you see on our website, our YouTube channels and such. And then there's the B2B side where we work with tournament organizers, teams, brands, and so on. Our goal is to be the, the world's best content provider and content services provider for both these parties. So that's where I see ourselves, um, you know, I, I, I'd like AFK Gaming to be associated or uh, you know referred to as the world's go-to destination for quality esports content. As far as Indian esports goes, um, I would love to see um, you know I, 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 while I'd love to see Indian esports players um, performing really well on the global stage, more practically, I think India is going to turn into a destination for the world's best players to come and compete. Because while Today we may not have, uh, you know, the best players, the best teams, and the best infrastructure in place for them. We do have uh, some of the best business people in, in I'd say, the global esports industry, and we do have some of uh, 
you know, the largest audiences in the world for esports. So I definitely think we could take these two together and build international IPs right here in India. So I think India is going to turn into a destination for uh, global esports tournaments. More specifically, uh, I'd say it could turn into a destination for uh, marquee mobile esports tournaments. That is a lovely picture. Uh, I would very much love to attend an esports event in India at some point. Um, yeah, that, that would be excellent. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to host you if you're coming down. That would be great. Absolutely. I would love to. I actually got a chance to visit for a wedding in uh, the end of 2018 and it was just lovely. I really wish I had more time to kind of explore more and, and spend uh, more time in the day-to-day -day versus strictly wedding uh, stuff. But, I mean, can't really knock it. That was incredible as it was. Um, the yeah, I mean, it, it, all that. Ending weddings are, are a different beast of their own, right? Absolutely. All, all three days of the, the ceremonies and, and dancing and everything. Yeah, it was incredible, really. Um, but I will take you up on that offer uh, at some point in the future. Um, I look forward to that. Absolutely. Well, Nishant, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, and where can people find you and where can people find AFK Gaming? Um. Well, I'm available on, uh, well, most active on LinkedIn now, I'd say. So just look for me. It's Nishant Patel. Um, I also have a Twitter, which I usually use to just stalk and retweet people. Um, it's at the real CloudX. Um, and yeah, I think I think those are the two main ones. You can find me on Instagram as well. That's at the real CloudX. And of course, AFK Gaming is it's everywhere, guys. Uh, we've got three YouTube channels. We've got three Facebook pages. We've got a website, afkgaming.com. And, you know, if you'll allow me a shameless plug, do go check out our premium content bundle. Uh, we've got some some of I, I, it's some of the content we're most proud of that we put behind a ten dollar paywall over there. Worth checking out. Yeah, I think it's totally fair. Actually, uh, that's something that I will be uh, checking out as well because I definitely could use the added insight, um, and I'm interested to kind of explore what people are willing to pay for and, and kind of see also what you are providing for um, for the the users for the people who are interested in this sort of thing. Awesome. Looks like I've made a sale. My co-founder is going to be proud of me then. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> well worth the time. But uh, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure talking with you and uh, hope you have a lovely evening. Yep. The pleasure was mine, Spencer. Uh, have a great day as well. You as well. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Work in Esports podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a follow and let us know who you might want to see next on the podcast. Thanks, and see you next time.